I said to myself, like, what am I going to do? I, I, I didn't know my options, to be honest with you. I didn't know what leave of absence was. I didn't know anything. I've never in my career felt like I had to take an absence from work. I'm, I'm an achiever. You know, I've climbed the corporate ladder. So I started doing my research and I found out that, you know, people can take leave of absences. And more importantly, after I got the data from our HR department, I also learned that there isn't a stigma that so many people are taking leave, but no one talks about it. And I, it's time for us to be vulnerable. I mean, if anything, 2020 has taught us that. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. This is your host, Blessing Adeshian, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly. On this show, we interview ambitious women that are thriving in and beyond motherhood. Expect honest and real conversations that will encourage and inspire you to take actions on your dreams. Welcome to the Mother Honestly podcast. Today with me, I have Selinda Farias Appleby. She's the Director of Global Talent Attraction Operations at Visa, a recognized leader in recruiting and employer branding who speaks regularly at conferences, including LinkedIn, Glassdoor, SHRM, and a few other conferences. Welcome, Sally. Is, is that, I mean, can I call you Sally? <laughs> of course you can. All my friends do. Thank you oh. for having me. Absolutely. And Sally, you have been in, you know, corporate and agency enterprises. You've been recruiting um, within those industries for the past 10 to 15 years. Um, you've been in recruiting, you've been in human resources, um, a wide range of industries and technology. I mean, how how is this moment that we're in, um, especially now in 2020 in this pandemic, how is it all coming together for you personally as a professional that has been in the workforce for so long and then having to handle childcare work and everything? How, how has this been for you? How has 2020 been? Oh God, 2020 can't get any worse. I mean, it has been a year. I felt uh, personally like I've been put through the ringer as everybody else, right? So um, we do a chart. I'm a mom of uh, twin identical boys who are 12. And we have a chart at home where you get to pick what feeling you're having. And we're usually in the neutral <laughs> most of the time, to be honest with you. Oh my goodness. I can I can only imagine that. Now, how many kids do you have, Sally? Just the twins. Oh, so I just spoke to um, another mama that had twins. So I guess today's my twin day. I better not, ha- you know, um, I I hope I'm not pregnant with twins because it's like back to back with twin mamas today. So <laughs> I know that better not be a sign because after the kind of week that I've had, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not ready for twins. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so Sally, I mean, how how have you been handling um, childcare? So um, it, it, this is an interesting story. So starting in the pandemic, you know, the, we went in Port. I'm in Portland, Oregon. We went pretty early on. It was March when we turned into distant learning. At the time, I was going through a pretty contentious custody battle that really blindsided me. I'd been divorced for about six years, and it came out of nowhere. Is what you know how I felt. I'm, you know, there's obviously two sides to a story, and so the entire spring semester, um, I did it all. 
I mean, I didn't, we, we hated each other. I hated my co-parents. So we were not talking and it was hard. It was hard on all of us because I still worked full time. I, I was doing all of the normal things. And, you know, we have that hope eventually we'll be out. It's just another week. It's just another month. And so when June came around, I started getting really nervous. We were still in the custody battle. It probably was like month eight at this point. And I said to myself, like, what am I going to do? I, I, I didn't know my options, to be honest with you. I didn't know what leave of absence was. I didn't know anything. I've never in my career felt like I had to take an absence from work. I'm, I'm an achiever. You know, I've climbed the corporate ladder. So I started doing my research and I found out that, you know, people can take leave of absences. And more importantly, after I got the data from our HR department, I also learned that there isn't a stigma that so many people are taking leave, but no one talks about it. And so uh, long story short, uh, fast forward a few months and the school year started in September and I went ahead and took a paid leave of absence for four weeks. That is amazing. And I remember you and I talking about that when we were talking about the caregiving and work summits, which you spoke at. And we were, you know, just, you were like, oh, I, I'm going to be out. And I was like, that's amazing. Uh, because a lot of women right now are so worried about taking leave. And I'm going to be, you know, I'm just going to give an example. You know, we've had a few moms that said, you know, my company came out and gave us, you know, this 12 weeks of paid leave that we can use at any time, right? Especially during this pandemic. And what worried about taking that? Um, because we don't want to be seen as being too needy or, you know, it's, it's basically showing, it's a sign of weakness, right? Um, yeah. That we are, um, we are basically accepting that we do have problems and that our problems are impacting our work is basically what that means. And so these women um, basically decided to suffer in silence, right? As opposed mm -hmm. to taking the leave. What do you, what do you have to say to those women? And also, you know, we can come back to the employer side. But what do you yeah, have to say course. to those women um, that are very, very anxious about taking that leave, paid leave right now? You know, I get chills when you described it that way, because those were my emotions the entire summer. I said, I, I, I don't ask for help, Blessing. Like, I'm not the kind of person that says I need help ever, and much less at work. You know, everybody obviously knows I'm a mom, but I don't talk about my challenges. Very few people knew I was a single mom or I am a single mom. And so I definitely was anxious. It took maybe three phone calls with an, with one of the best HR women in our, you know, in our company. She she really talked me off a ledge, shared some personal stories, and really made me feel comfortable. Like this, I've been working my whole life. This is a you know, this is a perk or a benefit that the company's paying for all employees, and it's up to you to take it. And so what I say to women is. <sighs> It's, it's a hard choice for your family, but if you have it available, it's okay to be vulnerable. I was on a team call yesterday and I shared that it was my second week back and you know, I was still having some challenges. I was very open, I was on video. Two moms emailed me and said, thank you so much for sharing. I'm in the same boat, but I don't feel comfortable talking about it at work. And I, it's time for us to be vulnerable. I mean, if anything, 2020 has taught us that. Wow. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, one, when, when this pandemic started, one of my friends called me and said, this is a time for us to parent out loud. This is a time for us to really just share the, the, the pains of parenting while working um, because it, it is there. We, especially now that everybody's home, 
you know, you're cooking, you're cleaning. I mean, I joke that I run a restaurant out of my house because I'm literally cooking morning, afternoon, and night. (laughs) all day you know I'm wiping butts I'm you know doing laundry my house is a mess it's it's a lot and and in order you know for us to keep a full-time job in the middle of that so let me let me come back to you because you you have the pulse of the employer as as well as the HR side of things um, especially as a recruiter and somebody that has held you know previous human resource roles what do you think should be employers an employer's response right now if i'm an employer that i'm li- i'm listening to this podcast what is the right response for for employers to send to their employees saying that i've got your back here is how we can continue to work together through this pandemic you know and i'll be honest i didn't come on here to talk about my current employer at all Oh, absolutely. But but I'll be honest with you, right when I was, uh, an email came out in in this August, September timeframe before I went on leave and it came from our CEO and basically he, he urged us all and he called it our new normal. And he urged us all to revisit the meeting, stop the video, you know, reduce video, reduce meeting time, allow flexible work schedules. And I had already put in my time, but reading that, was just so helpful to ease my anxiety because he sent it to our, you know, 20,000 employee base. And that meant everybody was going to try to be on the same page. And so what I say to employers is have empathy, be open-minded. I actually sent feedback to, to one of our ERGs yesterday where I said, hey, we need more working parent content. Can you please get on that? Because I want other parents to feel comfortable talking about it. And if we're putting it on our employee channels, then we'll see other people sharing their journeys. And I think that's important right now. Absolutely. And I, and I think you're absolutely right about that because one thing that was definitely missing was content. Um, I think if we, if, if there was content around, you know, this is hard, here's some resources, here's some things that you can do at home, or if you're coming into the office, right, here's some things that you can do. Um, and I know, you know, you may not have answers for this, but there's a lot, there are lots of women that are not necessarily able to work from home, right? Especially the essential workers or women that absolutely need to be in the office, right? For whatever reason. And, and so the idea of, of paid leave for those women is even a little bit more pronounced, right? Um, a lot of us are working from home. And so when you take paid leave, nobody sees you anyways. So the stigma is probably less than, you know, when everybody's in the office and we're all, you know, and, and mom or, you know, dad has to take paid leave to, to take care of the kids. So I, I'm sure, you know, at that point, you know, like you said, it's, we all just need to be, again, empathetic and flexible and employers can provide that context and content to support their position, right? In in all of this. So I really, really appreciate that. Now more than ever, women are demanding a quick recovery after surgery. Women are incredibly proactive when it comes to their health and ask their doctors a number of questions prior to surgery. Unfortunately, there's one topic that they often forget to discuss, which can directly impact their recovery experience, non-opioid pain management options. Non-opioid options used before, during, and after surgery can effectively manage pain while minimizing the need for opioids and limiting a patient's downtime after surgery. Planning for surgery? Unlock your X Factor by visiting yourxfactor.com forward slash M8 
to learn more about non-opioid pain management options and raise your expectations for what is possible after surgery. So Sally, let's talk about this number that continues to stick out in my mind, which is 865,000 women that have left the workforce between August and September. And I believe the total now is 2.65 million um, from February of 2020 up until October. Number of women that have left the workforce because they have no access to childcare, because they needed to go take care of their kids, virtual learning, because they have no support from their employer, these women have essentially been forced out of the workforce pretty much. So what, what are some of the things that you're hearing from your, um, you, know, you know, some of the institutions and organizations that you belong to in terms of recruiting, in terms of HR, what are you guys hearing about what does this mean, right, for, for recruitment? What does this mean for the, 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 the workforce in general going forward? You know, I, I follow uh, Mother Honestly on uh, Instagram and, and the content you put out just moves me and just hearing that, you know, because I, I saw you posted it earlier this week and just seeing, hearing you say it, it's just impactful, right? It's, it's a movement we're going under. Women are, you know, falling off the equator right now. You know, we're carrying the weight of everything right now. Um, and so it is moving. And what I'll tell you is I'm a part of a couple of HR and talent acquisition organizations. And what you're going to see a resurgence of in the coming month is returner programs. Current day, there's a couple of companies that have fantastic returner programs. You know, uh, Visa's one, Tesla has one, um, Microsoft is probably pioneer there. But um, you're going to see concerted efforts coming from at least, you know, your Fortune 500s, where we know we have to roll up our sleeves and build, you know, dedicated programs to bring moms back. And I and I love that. You know, I, I think it's necessary. I think we should have done it a long time ago. Um, but I am happy that this movement is putting us forward, and I am excited to see and build some of those programs. Oh, I love that. And I think that you're absolutely right. I think there has to be some way, um, you know, it has to be a pipeline to mm-hmm. bring some of these women back into the yes. workforce and, and ensure that, you know, their career doesn't take, you know, the proverbial turn, right, that we've seen, especially when women, you know, have a baby and they leave the workforce. It's almost, it, it's, it's almost a, a death sentence to their career, right? Because yeah. they don't, there's no path. There's no path um, to return to the workforce. And these women end up, you know, taking a much more lower paying job or essentially freelance um, in order to at least have some sense of, um, you know, of a career um, for, the, for, the, for their life, if you will. So let's, let's um, you know, chat a little bit about, you know, your, your journey um, as, as a recruiter, as a talent um, attraction operations director, at Visa, what is, I mean, how have you seen your career in the last, you know, decade? How, have, how, how has your career progressed in the last decade as a mom and, and as a leader? Yeah, I'll tell you, being a mom may be a better human being, that's for sure, and definitely a lot more driven. But I started my career as a recruiter, um, and I just love recruiting. I love helping people find work, and not just work. Like, I want to help you find something meaningful. So recruiting, even though I had no idea what it was when I jumped into it, was innately something I just love, and I still do. Um, 
I was at HP when I was in the, you know, I started my divorce process and I was a recruiter there, but I knew very quickly that without that income, you know, the second income, I needed to just maybe raise my hand and take on more work. And HP was a fantastic company. They helped me really grow my career in marketing. And I started doing employer brand. We now call that, you know, angle of it, talent attraction. So for the past eight, 10 years, I've been in corporate America, which I will say was, has been a blessing as being a mom, you know, mainly primarily because of the benefits, the stability, and then just access for a lot of things that maybe some of the smaller companies don't provide for my family. I often joke that I want to join a startup or do something a little bit less corporate. Um, but you know, when you make those gambles, um, you don't have the stability that you know your your children need. My kids need my insurance. But all this to say is. I, I have been in the world doing content creation for job seekers, right? And more so to sell the employer brand of the company. And I absolutely love that work. Currently at Visa, my role is a little bit different. I'm in the operations department as um, on the talent acquisition team. And I basically run the engine of anything before the candidate applies. But my heart will always live with supporting job seekers and their job search. So I, I do a lot of that on the side too. But um, I will say thanks to my divorce, thanks to being a mom of twins, um, I can put, you know, them at the center as to why I've climbed or I've gotten all these jobs um, in my career. Everyone's always like, oh, well, you've had a different job every two years. And, and I said, you know, if I couldn't, if I need more money, but if, I would totally stay at all the jobs if people were paying, um, you know, it, this goes into pay equity. If they were paying us the same as our peers, you probably wouldn't leave a company. And Absolutely. so, yeah, you know what I mean? So if you paid me the same that I know my peer sitting next to me is I'll stay with you. But the reality is when you get recruited out, you're making more money. And that's where these uh, job changes have come from, to be all honest with you. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because when I look back at my career, I've always changed job every two years. It actually became a problem at my last, um, you know, my last interview because, you know, the question came up and uh, even though um, my movements have been within the company, I've only worked for you know, right out of college, before college, I used to, you know, I was known as the intern queen, right? I, I worked with HP, Microsoft, Cargill, PepsiCo. I mean, I was out there literally every <laughs> summer it. working. And, and and that's because I needed the money. You know, I, yeah. wasn't in, I, I was an international student, you know, um, and I was trying to just make money to pay my school fees and, you know, put, put a roof over my head. But then when I came out into corporate America and I worked for, you know, two companies total, right? And, uh, but I was always, you know, moving to a different role every two years because A, I would get a promotion that way and B, you know, I could get moved, but I'm okay. Like I'm awkwardly mobile. I would, mm -hmm. you know, I'm fine with moving it. As a result, I, I literally moved, I lived in five different states Love within it. 10 years, but that's okay because I got to, you know, experience America and I got to, you know, walk in various, you know, facets, right, of the company. But I, to your point, you know, one of the biggest reasons was because I was a single mom, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, I was, I, I was literally laughing when you said you had a custody, um, <laughs> you know, issue because I had exactly the same thing. And I was like, whoa, like, where did this come from? You know, I got pretty upset, but yeah. luckily we were able to, you know, kind of pin it down um, within a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So thank God. 
but Thank still, God. you know, it really hurts, right? You know, when you're trying to like, you know, feed your kids, take care of your kids, and you still have to, you know, manage various situations, right? Yeah, with with so a co-parent and, yes. and, and with your current, you know, trying to manage your life, especially in a pandemic, it is extremely stressful. Okay. I know I'm, I know I'm like all over the place. No, but- no worries. I will say though, <laughs> because of, you know, the leave, you know, and, you know, we finally finalized our custody battle. I can't tell you where me and the co-parent are best friends, but we are civil. We are co-parenting through this pandemic in a way that I'm proud. And so full circle, it has changed. And I will tell you, it does make a big difference when you don't have to deal with drama on that end, you know? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, what a difference. (laughs) I, I totally agree. And, you know, I, again, any mama out there dealing with, you know, being a single parent, having to handle, you know, a co-parent, um, you know, it doesn't even matter if, you know, if, if it's a great relationship or not, it's still a lot of work, you know? So and so, you know, my heart go out to you all because it's, it's crazy. Um, and, and not only that, having to handle that because now I'm remarried, right. And, you know, we, I have, more kids and so having to like just deal with an extra set of parents sometimes you know it's can be too stressful much yes yeah, it's too much and I tell my family all the time listen I didn't select this path I didn't know we'd be here but this is what I've been given and so we have to figure it out you know um so I totally hear what you're saying it's not it's not something you want to do but this is where we are and so you have to make the best of it and and that I'm hoping we carry that into the next year I completely agree thank you thank you so much um for saying that because that's just validation um Mm -hmm. to everything mamas are feeling right now um so you know one of the one of the questions that I had for you you know just talking about you know pay equity what do you see you know as a recruiter um and 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 a somebody in HR you know, is, is the pay equity gap, is it visible to you all? You know, like when you make offers to men and you make offers to women, are there differences? I would say very much so. Um, and, and, and not on purpose. Like, I don't think anybody opts to put anyone in a lower place. I just think men and women handle their job search very differently. And I will tell you this because negotiating my offer with Visa, I used a coach and the thing, and he was a man and the things this man would tell me to write back to Visa, I was mortified. I'm like, I cannot say that. And he goes, you will say that. And it was all about, you know, asking for a sign on, asking for more money, describing my value against money. And I, I, you know, I have never thought to do that. And so what I, what I will tell you and what I tell all my good friends that are women and looking for work is very oftentimes a recruiter will say to you very early early on in the conversation, what are you making? What do you want to make? My number one tip for you is I always say, Hey, you know, this isn't, um, this, I don't feel comfortable talking about salary and not so much because I don't want to tell you what I make, but I think it's better if you were to tell me the range of the salary And then we can decide if I'm in that, you know, we can continue talking if I'm in that range. And if I'm not, I'll be very honest with you and also, you know, refer a few of my friends. And when you position it that way, there's no going back. The recruiter can't push you to say what you're making. Now they have to tell you the band and you can honestly say, sorry, I make more, or you know what, that's a great, you know, that's I'm in the band. Let's talk more. And when you make this shift, I guarantee you, you will start making more money. Don't ever tell people what you're making. It's it, That's not at all acceptable in 2020. 
Absolutely. And you know what? Another tactic that I use is I just double the money, you know, oh. like, you know, yes. like, you know, you want, you want a number because I've had recruiters tell me, oh, I want a number. Like you have, you have to fill it out. And I'm just like, okay, so it's 1.5 X of yep. whatever I had in mind or two X of whatever I had in mind. And they'll Absolutely. be like, whoa, but like you asked for a number. Mm-hmm. you know I told you to give me a range and you insisted on having a, num- a number and there it is and you know yep. some of them are pissed off and that's fine because that just may- that just means that it's not for me exactly um, that's the thing you know if you encounter some sort of backlash like that from a recruiter and don't get me wrong recruiters I don't want anyone upset with me but it, it's it's okay for the job it's a two-way street it's okay for the job seeker to say you know what I don't like where this is going it's clear this job isn't for me. And I think as women, oftentimes we don't want to walk away from opportunity. Um, and so I think it's okay to walk away from opportunity because if they want you, they'll come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, your work speaks for itself and they'll go back to your resume. They know you have the yes. goods. They know you have the intellectual capacity. They will come back for you. I have never had to beg for any job that I ha- I've ever had because my work speaks for itself. And so I just, you know, again, if, if there's a mom out there that is listening to this, don't you ever feel like, you know, anyone is doing you a favor. Um, you know, a lot of recruiters are out there, you know, acting like they're doing us a favor. Um, and, and, you know, oh, by the way, you know, like you, you're the one who is still paying for your student loan or I've paid for your tuition yourself. You don't owe anyone anything. Nothing. 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 And you you worked out for those jobs, for those opportunities, for those experiences. So you should, you know, keep your head high and just apply for the job. You know? Yeah, and I and I will see just back on pay equity because that's a, just a touching point for me is that I don't believe women talk about salary enough. You know, we've been conditioned to keep that a secret. We've been conditioned to keep that quiet. But when you're interviewing, I recommend you reach out to a few of your friends so you can understand what other women are making. Also, reach out to men, ask them what they're making. Men are very comfortable talking about salary and all of their perks because once we start understanding what others are making, we will won't feel so uncomfortable asking for two times our salary. Absolutely. And I think also, you know, I think we always, um, we don't do enough research, you know, maybe, maybe because we don't have time, I don't know, but my general feeling when I speak to women that are job searching is that we're not doing enough research. And when we're doing research, we're thinking about our resume first. And I'm saying like, you need to know what number you're going to ask for. You need to know how many, you know, how much, other people, men and women are asking for that job. I spend a lot of time on Glassdoor. I spend yes. a lot of time on various salary scaled, um, you know, scale websites just to figure out like how much is this job, re- you know, really hard to pay so that yes. you're not shooting yourself in the foot and doing all the research, That's you know, 100% necessary blessing. I'm glad you said that because knowledge is power. The more you know, no recruiter, no hiring manager, no one can tell you otherwise, because you've done the work, you know exactly what's happening. And I think that that is such a great tip. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I really agree with that. Who said business and pleasure can't mix? Check out lincoln.com. Luxury vehicles designed with you in mind thoughtful interiors and insightful technologies that provide an effortless ownership experience.
Uh, one last question before we go. Um, you know, we've been talking about pay equity. We've been talking about the pay gap and, uh, we, you know, women in the workforce. When women are, you know, especially right now where we are, um, women that have left the workforce and they're returning into the workforce, what is your advice for those women beyond the job search? What is your advice for them? You know, is it that they should just hang out at home? You know, obviously nobody's hanging out, but it, you know, <laughs> we're all working, right? At this yeah. point, everybody's a working mom. I'm like, no, Correct. like I now know that everybody's a working mom because I left my work and I still feel like I, I, I thought I was going to leave my job and be home and feel jobless, but no I have way. not had that feeling yet. So I'm like, no. oh, okay. I guess I do still have a job. It's just, you know, it's just running, different. It's yeah. just different. Yeah. You're running a household, you know, and Hey, by the way, best conference I've ever attended was oh, the mother thank you. one. So thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I'm in awe of you. I know we recently met, but you're doing a lot of work. I know as women also, we don't get the blessings, you know, no pun intending with your name, but we don't get the love. Sometimes people don't praise us as much as they would praise our male colleagues. So, you know, kudos to you. I, I, I follow you on Instagram and I'm impressed um, in the short time I've met you, you know, you're doing a lot for us, for you. Um, so you do have a job, you're doing it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. But for those women that are looking to come back, or maybe they're not even looking to come back, they've just left. What is your advice for them in, in this moment? How can they keep mm -hmm. their food in the door? Because that's one of the biggest things that I've seen is that we all just kind of exit with no plan, right? Correct. And then Correct. we expect to come back and be rewarded for taking time off. Um, so I want to like, just speak your brain a little bit as we close on what are the things that I can be doing right now yeah. as a mom that left the workforce, um, it's, hoping to yeah. return. It's hard for me to say in your downtime, cause I say that with a smirk and you can't see me, we don't have downtime. Right. But in, in the moments where you are still, and you're able to strategize or think about life. And I know the 2020 is a big gloom, but 2021 is around the corner. Be here before we know it. I want you to start thinking about getting a squad, you know, or a professional village, whatever works word suits you best. And what I mean by that is as women, we're natural networkers. And so you've had a career and you've made some friends don't disappear. Right. And that could mean, you know, staying connected on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media platform you choose, but stay present in their lives. Right. And, you know, and hopefully they'll, you know, they'll reciprocate, you know, so pick the right squad here, but cause reentry will be less hard when you've been keeping in touch with Amanda in accounting and, you know, and, and Maria and, you know, at HP or whatever. Right. So if you're able to keep up an, a, online network so you don't feel so disconnected to your career i think that's the first advice i have if you are seeking re-entry regardless of time i say look at those jobs that were a match to your career so you're constantly seeing what's out there one of my favorite things you know there aren't many talent attraction jobs posted in the world so i have an alert set up on indeed that just alerts me every you know i'll get an email every time a job is posted that is you know in my career set and mostly because I'm nosy, but also because it gives me opportunity to know what the market is coming, right? And maybe, hey, you're having a moment, you see a job you want, you can apply. And when we're talking about applying, I got to throw this out there for all of the women listening. 
as women, we don't apply to jobs unless we meet 80% of the qualification. It's a study out there. It's not a data fact I created. Meanwhile, men apply to anything without reading the job. And so I encourage you to apply even if you don't match all of the skills, because I guarantee you, you will get an interview if you match at least 30%. Um, so that's my little uh, tidbit there. All right, love that. Thank you so much. Um, where can our listeners find you, Sally? So I am on LinkedIn, Celinda Farias Appleby. I am on Instagram where I'm a lot more um, social. It's um, at Sally Speaks. I am at Sally Speaks on Twitter too. Um, I'll throw this out to all your listeners because I, again, I am obsessed with Blessing and I love her. If anybody needs any career advice or has any questions, pro bono, give me a call. I'm here to help all the mamas out there that are going through it. Just happy to help. Oh, thank you so much, Sally, for coming on the Mother Honestly podcast. We really appreciate you. Um, our premise here at Mother Honestly is to continue to prepare and advance women at home um, and in the workplace. And your, um, you know, your voice um, has been extremely instrumental, instrumental as well in this mission and in this movement. Really appreciate you for coming on. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Mother Honestly podcast. If you want more relevant content for the ambitious mom, head on over to motherhonestly.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mother Honestly. Love our podcast? We want to hear from you. Please rate and review our podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. We love growing at Mother Honestly, and your reviews help us grow. Stay safe, stay well, and always stay ambitious.